Hello, welcome to Leading Ladies, Past, Present, and Future, an interview podcast produced by Heap Entertainment that champions the stories and careers of women in entertainment. And I'm Antoinette Westcott, your host. On our show, we speak to women who have trailblazed a path and carved out a space for themselves within the industries that don't afford them a seat at the table. Through these conversations, we hope to inspire listeners like you to pursue the career you want while making sure you have the right resources and advice to help you succeed. This week, we have Kimberly Sparks joining us. Kimberly Sparks is an award-winning casting director working in the entertainment industry that moonlights as a personal trainer. She began her career in casting in 2015 and has since worked in the casting department on well over 50 projects, serving as the casting director on 13. In 2020, she won the Best Casting Award for short film Parallel at the London International Film Festival. Kimberly has also previously worked as a teacher, ran her own podcast, and written a short titled Because of You. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, I guess it's kind of weird listening to accomplishments. Again, going back to learning how to accept, you know, all of that, which is great. The accolades and compliments. Thank you guys for having me. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you here. Yes. Um, so what, what got you into the casting world to start? I'll be totally honest with you. I have a neighbor, wonderful neighbor, who has a non-for-profit, um, a great non-for-profit called Kids in the Spotlight. And they actually go into the foster care system and they teach children how to write, direct, and star in their own film. So I would see her doing so many things. And I would be like, can I help you out? Like, what can I help you with? And so she was took me up on my offer and I started helping her first in wardrobe. So I would go like all around the city with her and learn where to get props and wardrobes and build connections with her um, like that. And then one day she was like, I have to do this casting. Why don't you just uh, sit and help me? I'll tell you what to do. And that was like six or seven years ago. And I didn't know she was being sneaky because the year, the <laughs> next year, she was like, um, no, I don't need you to help with wardrobe anymore. Casting is all yours. And then I took it over and I started learning more and more and making connections with people. And then I started getting projects outside of the actual non-for-profit and it kind of just took legs of its own and started to build. So from there, I'm here, <laughs> still building it out. <laughs> That's cool. Well, you also write, correct? So how did that come out of casting or were you already doing that long before? I've, I've been writing for a while. Um, I'm an avid person who journals. So I'm an everyday journaler. Um, and then I had a daughter with special needs and it was some feelings wrapped up in that. And I decided to write a book about how I felt um, with her. So that's where my first book came from. Oh, what, uh, what is your daughter disability? My daughter has autism and she also has a very rare metabolic disorder called propionic acidemia. And everybody's like, what is that? And I'm like, I know. That's what I was. That's what I was in the hospital. Like, what is that? Like, where's, but it is a, um, metabolic disorder where she can't, and not process protein. So too much protein. So we have to weigh out her protein every day. Too much of it will kill her <laughs> to be very blunt. So I have to be oh, very, wow. very strategic about her diet. So yeah, she's fed through a feeding tube. Um, and we just weigh her food every day and process it like that. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I never, I haven't heard about that before is you think, have you, well, she has autism. Have you, I've seen um, atypical and love on the spectrum that are out. Yes. Yes. She watched both of those. Um, she's not, in, she's not very attentive to, she's not a high functioning. People okay. say high functioning or fun. She's, um, 
she functions very well, <laughs> but not well enough to sit and watch a movie like that and be able to comprehend what's going on or be interested in it. Cause I'll, I'll never say what she doesn't comprehend ever again. Cause she gets a lot of things <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. what? <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that sounds like that's shit's a struggle to with the feeding tube every day. And do you get help? Um, it's an assignment. It's not a struggle. It's an assignment from God. Okay. And I'm showing up for it. And I do the best I can every day. And that's what I do. And when I need help, I ask for help. But you know, I'm a superwoman, just like every other parent. I got it. I got it. it. Um, I did have a I did have to get to that point, though. I think when she first got her feeding tube, um, she got it out at UCLA. And um, the doctor was, he's, okay, I'm going to show you how to change this feeding tube. And I was like, like, what? Like, and he was like, we're going to come out. You're going to come out here every six months just to do this. You do this at home. And I was like, I can't do that. And he kind of like looked at me and looked at me directly in my eyes. And he was like, this is your job to do. And you have this. And I was like, okay, I got it. And then from that on that day on, I kind of like, just was like, okay, look, I got this. She needs me. She needs this feeding too. Her life depends on it. And I think that was like a real big turning point in my life where I kind of was like, okay, I'm an advocate um, coming from a person who did not really have a big voice. Right. always kind of shadowed to the back of the room. That was like my turning point moment for me that I had to speak up. Like I got to learn how to speak up and do some things and which has been great. Like even in the school system now, I'm able to get the things that I need for her to have the best that she can um, being able to speak up. And I think that moment gave me the power to have a voice. <laughs> wow. You are superwoman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd love to talk about your daughter all day long. She sounds super wonderful, <laughs> but I, I, I don't want to go too deep. It is personal. Um, so what inspired you to actually become a published author? To be totally honest, I kind of fell in books in love with books late in life. And, you know, in school, they're always saying, read, read, read. It just wasn't, it just never clicked. And I think somewhere... Later in life, I was like, wait a minute, this book is really good. I can't, I think I read like the coldest winter ever one time. And I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Um, the story wise, how she kept, um, kept the writer just like on the tip, right. Of wanting to, you want to know what was next. And so I started reading and reading and I just started reading more. And I was like, wait a minute, they're hiding things in books from us. You can educate yourself right here yes. without going to school. I was like, what is going on here? And then um, with my kids, I have, I actually have four children. So my older children, they're like, mom, we just don't love books like you. And I'm like, Dang, I get it. Like I did I love books, but now I want to preach loving books. Um, yes. But yeah, so I just I got a lot of, I got a lot to share and I definitely want to share to help other people along this journey. A lot of things that I've gone through in life, I I know they weren't just for me. They're meant to help someone else. So that's what my writing will be more of. I have a book that I'm working on called Grace by Grace and it's my daughter's name is Grace and it's kind of mm-hmm. like a play on words because through Grace, my daughter, I found out what God's grace is. So I'm telling some of the stories about just dealing with, she's 14 now, just the journey of how I see everything that has happened has just made me a better person, more caring, more compassionate, more loving, more intentional about what I do and what I say and who I spend my time around. Um, And I don't think I would have had that without her, so. Yeah, well, that's cool. That's a nice play on words. I have a friend that, he was involved in a house fire when he was a child. So his whole family's in the middle of the night. Um, everyone was sleeping and everything. And he, someone the fire, the dad was like trying to get everybody out. Some of their kids, you know, um, the one kid went into the kitchen and the dad got a couple to the bathroom and my friend was able to get out. The dad pushed him out the window, 
um, and the rest did not make it. Um, his dad was a hero and everything, and his hip-hop name is Victory because he feels like he survived the victory of that and to carry on, you know. And he's still, you know, he's amazing, so I can understand where you're coming from with through your book, Grace, because it tells a whole story. Yeah, yeah, I think... It's those moments in our lives. Um, and I think they happen actually all the time. Sometimes we just pay attention a little bit more. It's those little subtle things that happen that shift us. And if we're present enough and mindful enough, we can see it and learn from it and take it and just go with it. Look, at it's perspective. That's what it is. It's <laughs> perspective. He's looking at it as a perspective. And um and we could go on and talk about my daughter for days, but I remember I when she was really yeah. younger, she was in the hospital a lot and it was very, it was a lot. It was a lot. Like at weeks at a time, I would be in the hospital. Um, and the only thing that kept me going was it was children that were there on each side of us that had never left the hospital. And I knew that we were going home, but they weren't leaving. Like that was their home. And that was my perspective to get through every day. I was like, I can choose to be like, Dad, I'm stuck here. Like, what am I going to do? Um, and I was like, okay, but we're going home. As soon as she um, meets this milestone, this milestone, we're going home. Whereas they weren't. So it life is just all about perspective. And it's what I use. I try and just wake up. And um, I have this thing called Lit 24. And it's called Live in the 24. So I'm just waking up every day. I'm like, what's on the table today? I cannot change yesterday. I can only stay lit right now, today, in the 24. So what's on the table now? So. Oh, that's beautiful. I introduced you with your personal training. Is that part of that routine also? Yes, that's part of my motivation for them. Because uh, most of my class, all my classes are taught at 5 a.m. So I get a really, really early and I have to oh. tell them like the <laughs> look, Renee's just going home from work. I'm getting up at 3:30 and she's just going home. I get up at 3:30. <laughs> no, I'm at work. No, I'm finishing up. I have like what four more hours at work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is work. <laughs> but anyone who doesn't have to get up and makes an effort to get up because they know how important it is to them that they get it in, you know, whatever it is. You don't even have to be like working out with me, but um, you take priority and getting up and make it happen for you. You're lit, like you're living in the now because you understand what you do now is gonna affect what's gonna happen later. Um, and we all know that from what's going on in the world today. You know, everyone's trying to eat healthier and be mindful of what they're eating, right? Eating sea moss and taking a vitamin oh D. I mean, like, yes. uh, um, you know, but. Yeah, well, I'm vegan, plant-based. So, yeah. Look, that's turned up too. I'm like, so everybody's on that <laughs> kick. So, you, you know, but um, being proactive instead of being reactive, right? Like doing things for you now that you know will pay off later instead of when something actually happens. Like Renee knows everyone, they get sick, they come in the hospital, then they want the shot. And you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you should have got mm -hmm. the shot before and you probably- Yeah, you should have got, yeah. Yeah, so it's called, you know, being proactive, taking those necessary steps beforehand. And I think when people get up early, um, I just think, you're doing something great for yourself if you can, you know? So what pushes you not to hit that snooze button? Because you know how you get up, you're like, you know what, should I hit snooze? What what stops you from hitting the snooze button? Because I hit the snooze button. What stops you from hitting <laughs> the snooze button? Um, let me see. I, re I remember being uh, really young. My dad was like, uh, pretty soon you won't need that alarm clock. I was like, huh, I need the alarm clock. Daddy, put the alarm clock back. And he's like, when you got a goal, <laughs> when you got a goal and you got something that you want to do and something that you need to do that matters a lot to you, you won't need it. And literally, Renee, 3.30 a.m., whether I have to teach or not, I'm up. Um, and, okay. and my goal is not to teach. That is my quiet time. 
Um, okay. that's, that's the only solitary time I have. So that okay. first 30 minutes um, of the morning is my peace for okay. the rest of the day. So even if I get up and I don't have to go and I go back to sleep, I'm up at 3.30 a.m. because that is my, you know, that is my, that is my time with the creator and why I'm here. <laughs> so, okay. so yeah, I'm starting yeah. this um, kind of like segueing into this. I've, I speak a lot about God because I've seen how he's been so intentional in my life. So I kind of started teaching cycling. So I teach indoor cycling and, I, and um. Like um, the spin, spin class. Oh, are you on Peloton? Not Peloton. No, no. I teach at a, a gr- I teach at a great spin studio in Silmar, California, called Get Sweat. A wonderful studio. But no, my class uh-huh. is at five a.m. <laughs> but but we there. we have. We I'll have amazing, <laughs> we have amazing instructors, amazing instructors. All our instructors are amazing. Um, but I kind of started uh, spinning actually uh, for when I had my daughter, it was like, okay, you need one thing that's kind of yours. Like right. this, her whole world consumed me and raising kids were consuming me. And I was like, okay, what's your one thing? And I wasn't, I didn't really work out back then. Um, so I started spinning and then the lady would see me coming and she was like, you should try and teach. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, I'm just doing this for me. So she tricked me into kind of subbing for her. And then one thing led to another. And 13 years later, here I am. But even in that, I've my speaking voice has grown and I'm starting to step out and do motivation speaking more because everybody's like, oh, you're so motivating. So I always say God is so intentional about what he does oh, in our lives. Definitely. Yeah, because I'm like, I was doing spinning for something else. And he's like, no, nah, you're going to do it over here. It's going to be for somebody else. Um, yeah. You know, when people leave my class and they say, you know, I, I needed that. Like I needed to hear exactly what you said today. Um, I'm just like, oh, OK, like. It was for oh, you me might when, get I, me when I said 5 a.m. now. <laughs> I need to attend your Not me. class. <laughs> Will you be coming from work, Renee? Is it hard to juggle the casting and the fitness? Well, the fitness is at 5 a.m. So, like, I'm able to get that and just... Uh, I've been doing it so long now. I, I tell, I tell them like, send me a country song. I'll spend it out. Like I could do that to anything. Like, okay. I don't have to really that. I don't have to think knock on wood. I don't have to really plan for it that much anymore. So everything else I kind of can schedule in through the day. I mean, my daughter's in school full time, so okay. I'm able to do organize a lot of things. And then if I need to get a sitter for like an actual, we haven't done casting like in close uh you know approximately in two years now like all my casting and I'm doing even now is online for people mm-hmm. so we're doing like zoom calls like this so I'm able to do it that way how has that been a change and a different like or do you is it just as easy you've gotten used to it it was actually kind of going in that direction, I think, for if for casting. Like no one was taking a lot of headshots anymore. It was all digital. So I think it was kind of heading that way. And then the pandemic just kind of shifted it all the way. Um, and the casting sites have been so great where you can hold the meeting rooms and people can upload their casting reels already there and you can just go through all the reels. So I think it kind of, you know, it wasn't a bit, it wasn't a hard transition it wasn't like you know like I'm lost because it's been happening for years already this was just a a catalyst to be like all right this is the way it is yeah and now like until you get to the very end with like the top five or five or four people you want to see like you bring those in you bring them in instead of bringing in the whole cattle call you know where you bring in I, I need to see 75 people you don't need to do that anymore you can watch their reels and see what they got and if you think they got what you're looking for in your project, then you say, bring them in. I want to bring them in. Um, you go from there. Mm-hmm. So it's made your life easier. <laughs> it is easier. Cause I can sit up at night, literally in the bed when I, before I go to bed and look at videos really quick and, um, I can research people online. You, now you get social media, so you can look at their social media and see what they're about, see how they take pictures. Um, okay. if, if they're really into what they say they're into, um, you can tell like, yeah. So do you feel like it's more work in a way? Cause if you're doing that more 
looking up more versus sitting and waiting for a, a audition after audition. Well, I, I think I've been lucky to work with people who know exactly what they've been looking for in their characters, uh, the people they want to portray and what they're like, even Renee, she's she knows what she wants. Um, I think when you get a director or a project that have people that know what they want, it's easier this to Renee? read out. This Renee? Yeah. yeah, like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Take like, the compliment. Oh, you thank know. you. You know who you're looking for on your project. Like when we talk, you're very clear, you know, about what you want. So even if I bring up 50 people, I I can see you saying, I only want to see this 10. Like you're not going to see all 50 because if you look at that first one and they don't have that Baltimore accent, we're like, yeah, I'm not wasting my time. Like you want it to be great, but it's going to be great because you know what you want. Yeah, I'd be like, Kim, what about, I'd be like, Kim, what about Denzel Washington? <laughs> I'm like, like um... yeah. I'd be like, what about Oprah? You think Oprah can play Big Mama? <laughs> I'd be like, Kim, like, what can you, I'd be like, I want, I'd be like, I want Denzel Washington, I want Oprah. I'm, I'm like, like Renee, what about the budget? Did you tell me about I'm the like, budget oh, again? Like, What's oh. the budget, Renee? <laughs> Look, <laughs> even if we pick somebody that didn't we didn't feel like they was worth it they might feel like they worth it and i say what's our budget to offer them you know what we gonna offer them that's gonna be our whole budget renee like yeah keep it real like, let's yeah i'm like get oprah i'm like oprah can you get oprah for me <laughs> i said what happened big mama <laughs> but you gotta dream it. big you gotta dream big. oh you have to you have, you to. have to dream big you have mm-hmm. to like oh, we're joking me. but you know you renee could have something in your mind that you're like i really do have like a movie in mind that i think denzel would be perfect in like that is such a great thought to have because people would be like mm-hmm. girl please like no what do you mean that's her dream like hold on to it because mm-hmm. you never know you just never exactly yeah okay dream back all right well and let's just go right into <laughs> then we'll get a second best casting award <laughs> You get my vote. Yeah, you get my vote too. I I love, you know, Renee's very passionate about her project. And um, I can't wait till we really get to do what she wants to do with it. Cause I I feel all her inside, like, I just want to get it out right. I want to get it out and I want the world to see. So it's going to be good. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, there's so much love in the room. So what was going through your head when you won the best casting at the London Film Festival? Was was that your first time being nominated? Like, what was going through your head during that? Yeah, so um, Kids in the Spotlight, a, a lot of films, they put the, you know, put it in different circuits uh, with the casting with I'm sorry with the showcase of films where you get different awards right so that was just out the blue because it had been enlisted in several different ones but by it being over there it was you know it's kind of different unless it's here like in LA you get to go you get to go to an event but um it's great to be nominated for anything I think I love what the I love the project I love kids in the spotlight I love what we do with the children i mean we literally give them hope for a career you know like a lot of children think hey i could just be an actress or actor they get to learn i mean i literally show them how to cast like i take them through the whole process we hold casting sessions um and they get to actually pick the children i mean the people that they want in their films and they cast these people like i'm leading them and showing them how to do this so that is way bigger than any award i can ever get to Mm -hmm. actually see um lives lives changed but yeah what is kids in the spotlight just to recap it's a non-for-profit organization that goes in the foster care system and underprivileged areas so and teach film so they teach film they teach directing they teach acting they teach writing they teach casting and they give them a skill set that will last them out in the world so you know it's more and they teach wardrobe and we have uh, professional hair designers that come on and they work up under all of these sectors 
So they get to see and learn, you know, so many different things that you can do. And, and they get to tell their stories because they write them. So they write the stories with, with writers. Oh my gosh, right? this is amazing. Is. Yeah, they, they write them and then we make them come to life. We actually just had our um, last, our film festival last month, month before last, oh. um, November. We had our, our film festival. She, she does it big. Like we, last year we were on Paramount Studio, the year before the pandemic. We were on Paramount Studios wow. a lot. So this year we were downtown wow. at the Ephraim. Ephraim? I think that's the Ephraim. Okay. Um, okay. And the kids got to have their own red carpet. They got to have their own award show. Um, we had so many people that came out. Um, Ty Burrell is the spokesperson of the organization. Okay. So, okay. you know, it gets a lot of following from Fox. And I'm just happy to be a part of it. And yeah. Congrats. That, that's yeah. Great. How did you get involved with them? Oh, your neighbor. Yeah, my neighbor. She is the she is the, the neighbor, the boss. She is the boss, the boss, the boss. And um, she just happened to be my neighbor. And I just we just connected and I started helping her out and learning about what she did. And um, I just when I was growing up, my mother um, had foster kids in, in our home. Okay. So. It kind of was like a connection for me anyway. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. You know, I kind of understood their journey because I remember hearing about so many different stories. Um, and we deal with some tough topics. I mean, I'm talking about yeah. sex, sex trafficking to, you know, molest, just a lot of heavy stuff these children talk about. And they actually, you know, put it on film and um, wow. we make it happen. So yeah, look them up. It's called Kids in the Spotlight. You yeah. Know, yeah. And I think our, our movies, they're on indie flicks. If you have okay. indie flicks, a lot of the movies are on indie flicks. So a lot of the movies that I've casted for and the one that I won an award for, you can watch it on indie flicks. Okay, um, indie flicks. So yeah. Yeah. If I can change a little bit of the topic, because um, we're kind of in the casting world and, you know, entertainment, since it's obvious Hollywood is very white and very male. Do you experience any prejudice being a woman of color in this entertainment space? Question. Um, I have not as of yet, but I'm living in a, um, right now my space is really controlled being able to work with kids. So it's not like I've had to go get projects to kind of don't know what that world is like where I can just say, yeah, I've experienced, um, negative reaction here or there not not saying that it's there or not I just personally haven't experienced it but like I said I'm more so I'm I have a job and I know um that a project is coming uh, that I do at least eight projects every year for who I work for um and then the people that reach out to me on the side they're coming to me it could be totally different if this was just my main profession and I set it up on the side where I was Oh, I'm just do casting. Um, I'm sh I I've heard that looks very different. Um, and I I see the limited amount. I follow a lot of like Twinkie Bird. A lot of the high profile um, casting agents is very few that are of minority color. Um, so I could see <laughs> that space yeah. Yeah. <laughs> being a challenge. Yeah, yeah, but I can't yeah. speak from experience. Okay. That's great. It is. Um, if you were talking to, since I'm sure you do, so this, you know, I'm sure you've had this advice many times, but to, you know, young ladies, and since you do this all the time, like what's your main piece of advice you like to give them on, or something that you wish you were told when you were younger? Um, I, you know, life is challenging. I just, like I said, show up each day and have a, have a purpose, have a dream, be intentional about what you do every day. It, I don't care how mundane it is, be intentional about it and show up your best you every yeah. time. I don't care how small it is, show up your best you. I used to tell my, my boys, um, my oldest two boys, I'm like, 
they're like, I'm just doing, um, I, I, could, I just got to turn in this quiz or whatever. And I'm like, why is your name all sloppy? And he, they're like, it's just a quiz. I'm like, it's your quiz though. And your name is on it. And anybody who ever sees you should be able to say, he takes pride in who he is. I yeah. said, you have to show up with the smallest thing, your best you. I don't care what it is. If I'm watching somebody's kid, I'm fully present. I'm there. I'm not there on my phone, watching TV. You know, if you're a teenager watching kids, like be fully present and show up for everything you are doing 100% your best you. And that's what, um, that's what I would share because I don't, there are many years I didn't, right? Because I didn't understand that. You know, I'm just waving through the world. <laughs> no, you get one life. This is not a dress rehearsal. You do not get to do this over. Make every day count. Even as I'm going to just relax today. That's being intentional. This is my relaxation yeah. day. I'm going to put my feet up. Cool. You know, so that would be my, <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be my biggest. Um, <laughs> And there's so many things I could say, like even about self-care. You know, I used to talk, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't into self-care a lot. I didn't see my mother do that. My mother was an entrepreneur. She said, Hey, I was just moving, trying to make things happen. And I was like, my, this self-care thing is big. Like it makes me feel great about myself. She's like, well, it felt great to be able to do things for you guys. And I had to keep moving to do that. Yeah. And, um, she said, and, and I appreciate her for saying that, but I also knew what I needed for me, you know, having a special needs child. I understood now it was very important. And I saw into myself to be the best me for her, I got to feel great. And it's not just about looking great. Yeah. It's about feeling great, like inside out, yeah. my quiet time, my meditation, my, my drive somewhere that's just like a peaceful space, you know, being yeah. intentional about those things. So, um, yeah, it's a ton of things I could talk about, but show up for you. That's the, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll hear me saying show up all the time. That's like my hashtag, just show up. Uh, I couldn't find you on Instagram, but, uh, I will add you, Renee. <laughs> mind, body, flow. It's mind, yep. body, flow. Because I know if you yep. get your mind by, you get your mind right, you can get that body you want and you'll find your flow in life. So yep. I had to find my it. mental space first before I can start working out and feeling good. And then now I kind of got a flow. Well, I totally am resonating with what you're saying because recently I have been like in the last like month or two, like okay, what do I want right now? And it's like, don't just say yes, because it'll make them happy. What do you want? And like, I've actually been happier and like, thing, things are just coming my way. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, if you don't tell life what you want, it's going to serve you whatever it is to give you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Throw stuff on your plate. Like, it's like yeah. people who think you you're doing nothing. They'll call you and say, "Hey, can you?" Well, you they think you're just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're gonna throw something on your plate. Life's the same yeah. way. You know, yeah. be intentional. So throw the stuff on my plate that I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you got to be vocal gotta put, about that. Yeah. yeah. You got to put it out there. Yeah, for you first. Like for yeah. you. No, I'm busy. I got to do something. No, I can't yeah. shift. They got to be worth that shift. Like if they exactly. work, the shift, then yes. <laughs> you first. Yeah. You know, I had to, to learn that. Yeah. You we want to make everybody happy, which is great. But the way to make everyone happy is to first be happy with self. If yeah. you're not happy with self, nobody's gonna be happy around you. So you know, do you um whatever that looks like. And I, that's different for everyone, but to help and be there for and I always just use my daughter to be the best me. I I have to do me to be there for her so she can be the best. She's only happy and joyful and I'm only able to serve her if I'm happy and joyful. I can't give her what I don't have. I can't serve from an empty tank. So, yeah. And you have to learn how to say no. That's one thing that I had to learn. That gave me power, gave me my time back, learning how to say no. People pleaser, like Antoinette and I talk about all the time. I had to learn, like, now I love saying no. no. And guess what? It's okay. Like, like the first time I said no, I'm like, oh, my God. And I look, I'm like, there's a lot. You know, especially to my children. Like, Corey and Brittany, everything is a sense of urgency. My, hey, hey, hey. No. Huh? 
No. <laughs> who was that who wrote that book, The Power of No? Somebody wrote a book called The Power of No. I think I read some of it. Yeah, it is a book they call. Yeah, yeah, it is a book. Yeah. I think I read it. Yes, yeah, so and I love to read mm-hmm. too. But saying no is very powerful because it's easier to say yes. And, and guess what? People are, oh, they're going to be okay. They're going to be you okay. said no, yeah, I had to learn that. And even Especially if they're not okay, <laughs> you're gonna have you're to gonna be, be okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know yeah, what? You okay. Yeah, you know what's another power too, Renee? That power yeah. to agree to disagree, like, and to be oh. able to move on. That's like another yeah. form of no, right? Like, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Oh no, I didn't see it that way. Okay, right. and keep going. But people get stuck because they want you to. They'll beat you right. down. They're like, you don't see what I see. I'm like, I like, see what? I, yeah. I hear you. I just don't see but it. But I don't way. agree with you. Yeah, I don't but agree that, with you, but I hear you. But that comes from learning how to just agree and compromise who you are right. with everyone and just, oh yeah, the sky's purple. I see, oh, I just see that. No, yeah, I don't see it. No, I don't see it. No, but okay. You know, you mm-hmm. might have a, a different lens going on. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, wait, real, real quick, because I don't want you guys, I want to know what made you guys start a podcast. Can I oh, you know what? It's the champion women. You know, it's to uplift women, leading ladies, because it's like so many great things that great things that women are doing that we need to talk about. Just I love putting myself in a room with women that inspire me and can be inspired. So, like, I love everything that you're doing, Kimberly. Um, they just what just when you're like someone or you want to uplift yourself, they say get in a room with people that you want to be like or that you can learn from. So I always learn from you just having conversations four o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning when you're <laughs> no, on my phone. I learned something. <laughs> no, I appreciate you. I appreciate oh, you for that. Because oh, even you, you're you. like, you're like when you actually outside of the podcast, you're like, what can I do to help you win with what you're trying to do? And um that 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 kind of like sat with me and I love I love that. Oh thank you for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you for paying a- thank you for paying attention. I mean that that oh my goodness, like you know, yesterday myself and Tony was on um on what we was on a Zoom call talking to a friend, like a brother. And I was like, okay, we're gonna do this and I need to make sure this gets done for this person. But blah, and the person said no. Renee, you do everything for everybody else. What about you? You uplift everybody else. And he said something, and Kim, I just started bawling. I just started crying, like, oh, my goodness. Just for someone to recognize and appreciate what you do. Does that make sense? So that's what this podcast is about, is recognizing what ladies are doing, making a difference, past, present, and future. Because that's what you're doing. You're looking at the past, Kimberly, the present, and then you're helping the future. So it's like, you know, just honoring you, uplifting you, and just, you know, being one of your cheerleaders. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate you. I can't wait to share. And anybody that um, I can think of, I would definitely pass your way and be like, y'all gotta get on. Yes, anyone that you Thank think you. is Make a leading lady. Yes, yeah. any leading yeah. ladies. We would yeah. love to have them and speak with them and just cheer them on and recognize what they're doing and make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And being a role model, Kimberly, who were your role models? Yeah, who was your role um, model? You know what? Um, my mother was my role model. I, okay. I often talk about role models. I understand how important they are. Um, growing up in Chicago, I'm from Chicago, inner city. Um, not a lot of role models uh, that that were visible. Visible. Um, I have a couple of people. I had to be a teacher. I had a. I went to a private school, and I had a um, my principal. Her okay. name was Mrs. Johnson. And every day she would greet us at the door and she had on a perfectly neat suit and her hair was pulled back in a ponytail. And um, 
I was like, I want to be like her. I want to be a teacher like her. And that's hence what I got my VA in early childhood. Um, early on, I wanted to be a ballerina. Also, I had someone around me um, <laughs> that I did ballet and I was like, I want to be, but I never saw black ballerinas anywhere. And everyone would be okay. like, well, you got bust. You can't do it. And, you know, all that negative talk. Um, okay. It really, really affects you and really sits with you. Um okay. If, if you let it. Um, so I was mm-hmm. one of those people, I let it and I never pursued it. I stopped. I was like, mom, I'm not going to be able to be a ballerina, have breasts and ballerinas don't have breasts. And here we are in the 21st century and uh, Misty Copeland is so popular now, which I love to see yes. her dance because I love ballet. Yeah, um, very graceful. Yeah, yeah. But um, my mother was my role model and there were little sprinkles of other people, but not many. I do know it's very, very important I think aunts are role models. I don't think we get to really choose to be role models. I think we are. I think aunts are role models. I think um, sisters, cousins, older people should take that role uh, so much more seriously. I'm very intentional about my nieces and nephews now as I wasn't before. I'm very intentional now. I'm like, this is a serious role. You know, they're watching you. They're watching what you do, what you say, who you're around and you're impacting their life. Um, so my mother was my role model. She came here and to, from Paris, Tennessee to Chicago at like 20 years old. Her and my father, um, were entrepreneurs, they opened one of the first black record stores on the South side of Chicago. And, um, as a baby, I grew up in a playpen listening to music, hence why I love music teaching. So it kind of all goes together. Okay. What's your favorite song then? Oh my god. Okay, top five. Top oh, five. Uh, oh my <laughs> gosh. I could go from like Ella Fitzgerald to Billie Holiday to yes. I, I love rap music. So mm-hmm. I'm very, very diverse. I could not pick top five. I mean, like I love Michael Jackson. Uh, mm-hmm. to, <laughs> um, I love his music. I-, I love everybody. I really do. Like I said, if you give me a country song, I'm probably tapping to it. I'm like, at one point I was like, I want to move to Nashville. But I just love music. The crazy thing is sometimes I'm sitting and an old song will come on. I'm like, how do I know that song? Like, why is all the words? But I literally grew up in a record yeah. store. I remember um, when the the first rap um, album, Sugar Hill Gang, I don't know if anybody remembers, the album cover was blue and it had a candy stripe on it. Yep. But I remember my mom got the box, set it on the counter, and she said, put those on the shelf. It's like so visible to me, the whole rap era, the whole how everything went down. Um, but we still had a record store and I remember putting it on the shelf and it flew off. The, like everybody came in and buy it. We couldn't keep it in. Yeah. I could not pick one or two or five i love music i love okay. i more so love beats and instruments yeah. and things like yeah. that so so yeah yeah <laughs> okay well we're close on an hour we're over the hour um but if i can just ask you a quick rapid fire questions here at the end and then we can close out and you can give us your social media links and how we can get in touch with you. So I start with this one. I saw this post on Facebook and it was like the best post that I've seen. And I've never been more interactive in a post <laughs> and I hate doing Facebook. So someone posted like what it, during 2021, what is the best investment you made under a hundred dollars? Hmm. The best investment I made under a hundred. Oh, under a hundred dollars. I bought um some stock that was under a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And um it's like doubled. Yeah. Yeah. So stock. I use the I use the Cash App. <laughs> I use the Cash App app. I was like, I want to learn how stocks. I want to be knowledgeable yeah. and learn. So I started to learn on the yeah. cash app and then I took it over to a bigger platform, but that's where I started learning. And it was under $20 yeah. and it, and it oh. doubled. Oh, yeah. Well, great. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite book? Ooh. Um, the four agreements is my all time favorite. I got tons Ooh. of favorite books, but the four agreements, have you ever read it? Uh, I heard of it. Good choice. Okay. Yeah, it's an excellent book. It's just a book that will remind you that um, don't take life. Yeah, don't take anything personal. Put it like that, because everybody's going through something. 
So sometimes they, you don't know what other people are experiencing. Um, people don't know what I'm experiencing. If I leave the house and my daughter has had a meltdown or a crazy, whatever, I can't take anything personal because they don't know what I've gone okay. through. So okay. that, that, uh, the four agreements is an excellent book. Okay. Uh, I suggest it to everyone. All right. I'll have to check that out. Maybe we'll add that to our book club, Renee. <laughs> okay. What's the first thing you do in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I like to be really, really transparent. I know some, and some things are private, but I, I just, I get out the bed and I just thank God for another day, literally every morning. Um, so it's two, two things to that. One thing, my daughter still sleeps with me. So I, I have to like crawl out the bed like this. So I'm, I'm like already on the floor. <laughs> so I'm like crawling out, trying to get out. So she doesn't wake up with me, um, but I'm on the floor and I'm like, you know, I'm here. And I, I need that moment to make sure she didn't wake up. Like I need that quiet sack, you know, but I'm down there. And that's when I'm like, thank you for another day. And to me, through me, what, you know, what are you giving to through? me to give to the world? So like that, that is the first thing I do every single morning. <laughs> that's great. Um, what is your number one advice for self-care? Uh, quiet time, peace, quiet. Um, mm. uh, I heard, I heard Oprah say one day, um, she said so when she goes on her, some of her biggest meetings, she'll get in a car and she don't turn on like anything. It's quiet. Um, and I noticed that every time we get in a car, we're so quick. We either get on our phones, we either turn on some music, turn on an audio book or whatever it, your thing is. Um, and something about hearing that wheel hit that pavement or the outside. Um, it's just a, it's a piece that transcends so many things. If you can just sit in it for a minute. So peace, uh, and quiet, a moment alone with self is the best self care yeah. I can give you. Cause it'll Meditation. elevate everything. Yeah. It'll elevate everything else in your life. Cause then you'll have clarity on, Oh, okay. Do I need to wash my hair? Do I need to, you know, do my face? Do I need my nails done? You know, you can get those, that clarity on how to move through the day, but you can't get it. If you got noise coming in, Yeah, you don't know what you want. Cause you got so much noise around you. You have to silence the noise in order to hear, you know, what you, what you need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone told me something and it just, however I interpreted or resonated, it was, if you're thinking it, it's, then you should do it. Like if you think that you're hungry, you should do it. If you think that you have to go to the bathroom, you should do it. So like I've started, like, as soon as I have a thought in my brain, I'm like, just do it. Like, you know what you need, just go do it. <laughs> That's what my son said. He said, mommy, Nike created the, the, the most simplest slogan that is the most powerful slogan in the world. And it's just do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Uh, if you could switch careers tomorrow, what would you try? Um, like anything like, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I think I'm doing, I'm on a journey to do the things that I, th that I want to do. So to be able to switch, I, you know what? I'd probably be a professional athlete. I love sports. Okay. Oh, what um, sport? I, I would love to swim. I would, ah. I would be a gold medalist swimmer. Oh. Backstroke. Yeah. I'm going to go. Yeah. Oh, Straight wow. to go. Okay, last question. <laughs> okay. If you could have coffee with one person, who would it be? Oh gosh. Dead or living or you choose. You oh choose. gosh. Um God's not gonna tell me why. He's gonna make me go through the process. So there's no sense of having coffee with him. He's gonna just be like, it's okay, <laughs> see it through. Um then that's the pinnacle. Yeah, but I would I would like to have coffee with Maya Angelou. 
the choice. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, I just think her story, I kind of follow her story a lot. Um, she's overcome so much. I mean, we all have so much adversity in our lives. Um, to be able to pick up and keep going through some of the toughest times is, it, it's, it's hard. Um, so you, you definitely want to tap into the people who have done it and learn, you know? Awesome. So in conclusion, where can we find you? What are your links? What are your hashtags? All of that. <laughs> my, my hashtag is definitely show up. You will find me under show up or show up for yourself. <laughs> that is my, I think you're going to find me if you, if you punch that in, but um, I am mind body flow. So it's actually mind dot body dot flow. So the period is there on Instagram. I am Kimberly Sparks on Facebook. Um, what else am I on Twitter? I am 312 Empower. I'm not that active on Twitter, but I'm kind of getting back into the groove. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but my website is www.misskimberlysparks.com. So you can go there and find me on all those different platforms. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. You're an inspiration and I would love to catch coffee with you here and do a zoo and do your cycle class. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Come, come, bring your friends. Not at five o'clock. Five o'clock. No, no, I'll, I'll, I will let you ladies know when I do a different time because I know five o'clock is not for everyone. Nine o'clock. No, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. <laughs> See, I'm on the way down. Look, that's my now. Like, if you, if you if you ever, I'm like going down. I'm like, oh gosh, where's nine o'clock? I need to go to bed. It's six o'clock. Yeah. Um, oh but definitely, I love that. Thank you, okay. ladies, so much for having me. Oh, yeah, thank you. Such a wonderful time talking to you. And oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks to all of you for tuning in this for this week's episode. For more of our content, you can follow us on social media at Heat. E-N-T-H-E-E-P-E-N-T. And if you had feedback, questions, uh, guest suggestions, collab pitches, or anything you want to tell us, reach out to our team at heapent at gmail.com. Until next time, stay tuned. Thanks, Kimberly. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.